We just hope that, uh, like you were saying, through unity in the in the community of our uh, of our industry, there be public adjusters, contractors, attorneys that are on the plaintiff side. We all have and need to be one singular voice. And I used to have SIU unit people, the the, the fake units, walk in and drop their cards and, and ask for files. Right now, without even calling, I said, "No, get out of here." So that that's not right. That's not legal. You don't have to. Um, so a lot of people are still getting intimidated uh, with that. What an amazing podcast episode you are about to listen to. I just finished it. I just wrapped it up with Richie Kidwell. Uh, he's the owner of AQA Air Quality Assessors, and he's also the president of the Restoration Association of Florida, also known as RAF, R-A-F, very well-known association here in Florida that brings together the restoration industry, mitigation contractors, independent contractors, public adjusters as well, uh, really try to do what a lot of commercial claims advocate is about, which is bringing people together. But instead, he's He's, he's, he's got relationships, relationships with lobbyists, uh, and we're going to talk about the special session that's coming up in December 12th through the December 16th, and everything that you need to know about that special session, what they're thinking about implementing, what they're thinking about changing, and also the session in April of next year, and about what's to come with that. But also, we're going to talk about the differences between an AOB, a work authorization, and a direction to pay, and just really amazing information here. I have to say, I say this all the time. But this time I really mean it. This is a must listen to podcast from the got from the bottom of my heart. Um, it's not long. Take the time. Listen to it from beginning to end. If you live in Florida, if you're a contractor, adjuster, attorney, whatever it is, if you're in the industry, take the 45 minutes or so to listen to this episode. It is a must watch, a must listen. Enjoy. Thank you so much. This is the Claims Game Podcast. Make sure you uh, subscribe below to our YouTube channel, whatever. Let's get right to the point. Let's do it. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Claims Game Podcast with Vince Perry. Get all the tips you need from insurance claim advocates and professionals and grow your public adjusting career to the next level. And now the commercial claims advocate, Vince Perry. Okay, 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 okay. Finally, Richie, I get you on the show. Listen up. Advocates, whether you're a public adjuster, contractor, or an attorney, if you have a client that has suffered any kind of catastrophic loss, whether that be by fire or storm or just any catastrophic loss that requires your client to have to move out and incur ALE and loss of use coverage, you need to think about looking at Black Diamond Services. This is an incredible idea for a service that I think is extremely valuable and I've actually personally used uh, for my clients myself. Basically what they do is they provide all of the necessary money that needed as needed to be done for the homeowner uh, to go and move to another place, whether that be a hotel or another home or whatever it is, they basically bill through their insurance policies, loss of use coverage, and basically they provide financial assistance so that the insured never has to incur any out-of-pocket expenses. It's an amazing service. I love the people at Black Diamond Services, especially Millie Varela. If you just contact her and contact Black Diamond Services, I'm telling you, they're going to take care of your climate clients like you wouldn't believe. I personally have a client who suffered a fire damage and had to use their ALE coverage. And all we did was refer them to Black Diamond. Our clients did not have to come out of pocket a single penny. Black Diamond provided all of the financial um, uh, money and they provided the actual location for the homeowner to stay. Amazing service. Contact Black Diamond Services today so you could find out more information for yourself.
I have been trying to get you on the show for a long time, but finally we have you here. Richie Kidwell, owner of AQA and president of the Restoration Association of Florida, RAF. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I'd love to, uh, you know, not only be on the show, but, you know, see you uh, in live action, you know, which was great. You know, the last uh, um, uh, event that you put on was fantastic. You know, just you couldn't have a better group of people there. The presentations were phenomenal and and uh, it was just a great presence, man. So I, I'm, I'm glad to just be included in that uh, in that group. It was a good event, right? Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was pretty fun. I think we, 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 a great turnout that we had speakers are great. All the vendors are great. Thank you for being a part of that, man. And I really appreciate the support. Yeah, absolutely. Any chance that I can get for sure, man. I mean, it's uh, it takes a village, like they say, you know, so in what we do, it really does take a village to help the insureds. We can't do this ourselves. We need the backing of everyone else. We need the help of everyone else. Uh, I always say that our models are stronger together because, I mean, I don't know how it is in your industry, which we'll get into a little bit uh, with mitigation and stuff like that. But in public adjuster industry, at least when I started out uh, over 14 years ago, it was kind of us against us. We were just like trying to <laughs> trying to grab every claim that we can. And no, I want that claim and this claim. And then nobody really, everybody would always ask me, oh, do you know this public adjuster? Do you know this public adjuster? And I'm like, no, nobody really knew each other, you know, but by coming together, there. I mean, it's just, I think it makes it so much stronger because as you know, which we're going to talk about, we're fighting against a multi-billion dollar industry that's got all the money in the world, that's got all the backing in the world. And, you know, we need to come together in order to, to combat that and, and ultimately win. And it's not even about us. It's about, like you said, the insured. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that was my, you know, the whole, I would just say, um, where I started to get uh, or become an activist was in 2014 uh, when I started getting into the game to help insureds. And we, in 2013, I started using this fantastic tool um, called an assignment of benefits, where as a consulting company, um, the last thing people wanted to know is after ServPro left and they have, you know, all this stuff um, to the dry out and everything um, uh, established, then they would wait um, and they would have to get a, a mold test. And sometimes these folks um, could, you know, couldn't afford it. They can barely afford ServPro to come over, but they have this insurance claim that they would be able to have us bill towards and they didn't have to come out of pocket. Um, and so that now I'm doing uh, other types of services all in the consulting realm uh, within that, but it's covered under their policy. Why not um, to be able to access it? So uh, in 2014, it was the first year that we were under attack as the whole industry. The restoration industry as a whole um, was under attack um, in the in the legislation, you know, where they were going to ban um, assignment of benefits and um, all these talks started coming out. And I got activated then and formed an association called the Restoration Association of Florida, uh, independent contractors by independent contractors for contractors and for consumers and we're only strong as our consumer to be able to help them at their one time of need um every time we walk into a doctor's office we're assigning uh, our benefits to our doctor our primary care physician the anesthesiologist the chiropractor everybody stays in their lane and, and it should be this way for property as well too but we've been uh looked at as a, a 
like villains. And we saw this even strong now that the uh, the insurance lobby has such a strong voice today. You'll see them through Jimmy Patronus calling public adjusters and contractors all locust out there after a storm. And that's just that's just not right. I mean, the folks that we were helping out there door knocking and assisting them, they didn't have communication, let alone water or any of their home left. You know, it was a breath of fresh air. If a public adjuster says, hey, I have cell phone service, I can get your claim started for you. I can assist in getting a full estimate for you and a contractor or or, or an independent like, like myself offering either the inspection services and engineering services all on assignment of benefits so they can make sure their one time of loss that they get everything bundled up. They only have one chance. As you know, they see something a year later, it's too late, you know, and they have to make sure that if their windows don't, you know, open as well as they used to before, their doors don't close and it sticks, you know, those are some things that, you know, we can help them look at and make sure their one time of loss are taken care of. But the carriers don't want that. You know, the carriers are fighting against it and they're putting a lot of money uh, into their fake crisis of all these insurance companies going out of business. But let's look at the ones that did. Avatar, we knew they were on a string. The other ones were all underfunded, all overpaid their subsidiaries. We all know this. You know, and but nobody wants to bring that out. The real villain has been reinsurance rates have been running amok. 46 cents on every dollar that's paid to insurance goes back out the door to reinsurance. But that's never been a sexy headline, you know. So they say it's uh, contractors that are doing it. It's roofers. It's attorneys. And this year, the boogeyman is attorneys. So we feel like they're going after attorney's fees in special session this year. And we feel like they're going to come after public adjuster rates and maybe do a step up. That's from what I'm hearing is that if you're door knocking on day one, it's a 1%, a step up to 5 or 10% max. Um, I don't see that as being helpful at all. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen. These are just rumors, um, but they're unfair rumors based off of unfair claims and a fake crisis. Um, so it's it's tough this year. So I, I, we just hope that, uh, like you were saying, through unity in the in the community of our uh, of our industry, there be public adjusters, contractors, attorneys that are on the plaintiff side. We all have and need to be one singular voice and and say this is not what's really happening. The insurance companies are are on a, on a regular, just straight out denial. We, we saw this in uh, uh, John Tolley on, on his website, posted the deposition of an insurance agent uh, or an insurance adjuster who said that I was told by UPC to deny every claim. And it was a year and a half after Hurricane Irma. And they says, deny them all, all for late reporting, which we have two or three years within Florida to report this claim. So they said, just deny them all. He says, well, how many times did you do this? He says, I, he goes, I don't recall. He goes, was it over 100? He said, yes. Was it over 150? Yes. Was it over 180? He says, yes. This is all on record. We, we know this is to be true. Um, why we don't hear about that is, is just uncanny. So it, it is important for us to, to be unified and, and, and pull our, our thoughts, our resources and our money together uh, to, to have that voice against the unseemingly you know, too big insurance company and, and their voice right now. Damn, Richie, coming out the gate hot. <laughs> it's the only way I go, man. That is awesome. I mean, you gave so much information there. Okay, let's, uh, what makes you qualified, Richie? What makes you qualified to talk about these things and to really bring people together? Tell me first, uh, tell me like, how long have you been in the industry? Uh, uh, briefly, how you sort of started and how it just sort of brought you here to where you are right now. 
Sure. So, I mean, I had a, um, um, a pretty successful pest control company um, uh, growing up years back, uh, took over from my family business, and uh, I saw an opportunity. I was already doing these uh, mold inspections along with my termite inspections, and I really started to uh, find a love for that in the early 2000s. Yes, I'm old. Um, but uh, now uh, then licensing came into existence 2012. Um, but before, you know, everybody would just trust the big, uh, big green guys, you know, you come out and you would have water damage and and they would uh, test it and dry it and everything as well. And you're good, good to go. And we In all, 2012, we, we all, we all know the kinds of jobs that they do when they go out there and set up a bunch of machines, a bunch of dehumidifiers, uh, dehumidifiers, and they totally forget about it and then come back and everything is still there. Right. Yeah. Three days later, we're going to pick up our machines. We're gone. That's all the carriers pay for. Uh, you're yeah. good to go. Right. And that's what we're starting to see now in managed care program workers. So that's a whole nother subject. Um, but, um, you know, so 2012 then instituted uh, uh, laws for mold assessments and mold remediators. And so um, that made that separation of powers. If there's mold over 10 square feet, separate mold assessor license, separate mold remediation license. So uh, 2013, I sold my pest control company and just um, went um, uh, for my true love. And that was the mold inspection side of it. Um, and so from there, I started air quality assessors um, and uh, we, we, we took off from there. Um, and in, in 2014 was the first time we've heard that um, uh, that they're coming after the assignment, which we were offering, we still do today, offer our clients, um, here's our, here's our uh, competitive cash rates. Here's a, a direct billing mechanism direct to your insurance company called a service authorization with a direction to pay. Uh, if the insurance company doesn't pay, it's not an assignment. The insurance company doesn't pay. You may get a lien on your home in 90 days, or you may have to pay the bill. It's not fair, but uh, but that's the way that contract is. Or we have a, a, a an assignment of benefit tool, which will allow us to bill directly and take causes of action against your insurance company if they don't pay. And 100% of the time, they choose the AOB. Do me a favor and 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 could you could you explain a little bit more detail the difference between an AOB and a work authorization direction to pay? Sure. Now, most uh, um, program workers for the insurance companies and and um, um, and many other companies are using it now since AOB is now different, not dead. It's different. So just remember that. Um, but um, it's where a work authorization is a contract between you and the insured, you and the homeowner, and that's it. Um, now, within the direction of pay, it gives you authorization to talk to the insurance company and to submit your bill directly. Uh, however, the homeowner is still the driver's seat. Um, you're just the hired contractor who has a contract between the homeowner and the contractor, and that's it. Now, in case of a short pay or a denial or any services already performed, um, that becomes owed by the homeowner within 90 days. Or as a contractor, you lose your lien rights in the state of Florida. So um, if you're a Florida contractor, you have to make that decision and file your first notice of commencement to uh, the, the homeowner, unfortunately. And that's what I see more and more. Um, e even then, I was you know, friends with one of the larger remediation companies in Orlando. And after major storms, I'm like, man, you must be killing it, getting all this work from the insurance company. He's like, yeah, but man, I keep hiring on these people to lean homes. I've got four and five people that all they do is lean homes every day. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You All of your work comes from the insurance companies. He goes, yeah, but you, you won't believe how often they don't pay me. And my only recourse is to file a lien. It gets the homeowner all uh, panties in a bunch. And then they call their insurance company and bug them until they finally pay me. 
That, Wait a minute. Was, They're sent out by the insurance company. Yeah. They have their own direction to pay signed by the client. They're sent out by the insurance company there. I'm assuming they're following insurance company guidelines, submitting their report, and they're not getting paid by the insurance company. That's right. That's right. And one of the larger restoration companies, I mean, and, and it all and it happens. You know, one of my members, when I founded the Restoration Association of Florida, his name is Walter, uh, after major storms in 2005, he was leaning homes all up and down the uh, the coast. Well, all the uh, the old folks got together and went to the governor, Governor Chris, at that time in 2007, years after their homes had been leaned. And the governor gave him a judgment and said, you must use an AOB on every job from now on. You have to, because that way you will not lean homes all up and down the coastline after a major storm and event. That was Charlie Chris. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, it's it was... At that point, you know, not many people used the assignment or it wasn't as as uh, many people used it. It just wasn't that highly contested and out in the news. But, um, you know, that shows the protection that it gives the consumer. If in case of short payment or no payment, we go after the insurance company, not the homeowner. So go uh, please explain in detail the AOB assignment of benefits. So the assignment of benefit is just like when you walk into your doctor's office or if you have a crack on your windshield in the state of Florida, it's free, right? Is it free? Um, right? Somebody pays for it. But uh, when Safe Flight comes out, what are you signing? You know, you're signing uh, your assignment of benefits, your assignment of rights and benefits, um, because you are receiving the benefit. And so in exchange for me receiving the services today, just like when you go to the doctor's office, um, you perform the services today and bill my insurance company later. Because you don't know, just like a doctor, you walk in, they have no idea what's going to happen until you leave. Are they prescribing you? Are they diagnosing you? Are they treating you? Right. Same way as here. Um, and so it's it's very protective to the consumer, especially after the 2019 law change. It says that we have to turn in this assignment within three days of signature from the homeowner. Um, we have to have a per unit cost estimate of what we're going to be charging, how much per fan, how much per DHU, how much per, you know, content manipulation, hourly charge, this and that. In my case, how much for the mold test, how much for the engineering test, you know, um, so we're very transparent. Um, and so everybody knows what we're going to be charging. So not running away with the claim rights. Um, and we submit that to the insurance company um, and we provide our services right there for the homeowner. Now, um, what's different than this is that now we have the rights, um, as we've already given the benefit to, to, to the insured, but we have the rights and the benefit to be able to file suit against the insurance company in case of a short pay or denial. Um, so that keeps the ball in our court. It would be like going to a doctor's office, you leaving, and they hand you an invoice and say, hey, get us paid. And this is not using an AOB. They would say, here's your invoice. Good luck on getting us paid by your insurance company full amount. If you don't, you may have to cover the difference or file suit in your name to get the difference or just pay me, you know, so that would be very nerve wracking as a patient walking out of there. Um, most of the doctors I speak to, they they sue the crap out of insurance companies. So even more so than property, uh, even more so in windshields, uh, the average payment is 50% of NAGS. So the independent contractors file suit on the other 50%. You know, um, it's it's crazy. Um, and so we we don't hear about it, but they're making a big stink of it in this fake crisis um, because the rates um, and they're using the uh, excessive double digit rate hikes to and that storyline to be able to continue their narrative to increase rates um, and give you less and less coverage. And now try to take away your rights from having an attorney in case of a dispute. 
which they just did that to AOB last year. Now we don't have any attorney's fees. So, you know, what does the industry do, you know, um, uh, especially on small invoices like mine. So, um, so we're, working, uh, we're working through those solutions and we just hope that, you know, these further changes to help bring down uh, the double digit rate and high uh, rate increases that we've been seeing in Florida policyholders. Um, we still don't see that to decline. We just see more and more rights taking away from us and uh, public adjusters alike um, and homeowner rights and access to courts. So um that that's so, unfortunate so you're like you're and you and you started RAF, which is the restoration association of florida um blind assumption because of all the crap that you have to deal with with all of these things so you're trying to bring the industry together and like me where i bring public adjusters together i love when people say well it's because of it's because of all the bad apples and that's the reason why <laughs> we're doing it which i obviously Obviously, there's always going to be bad apples in any industry, but I know you right. see it firsthand. Like I see it firsthand, the good apples and that the majority right. are actually good apples. And we have these things in place like the AOB for specifically your industry. But we also have stuff in our industry as public adjusters. We have these things in place to keep all the bad apples out. But what I love is yeah. we see all these we see that we see it firsthand in all of our events right because you hold you hold at least at least six or seven events a year if not more i hold about the same and we see all the good all the good guys all the good guys and girls come together and it's just yep. a shame because all these things that the insurance companies put all this defense that they're constantly playing against us it's not so much that it hurts us but it just hurts the policyholder ultimately it really does you know? It really does. And you're right. I mean, the guys and the girls that come to our events are coming there so they can seek information and do it the right way. You know, they say, I, I'm here to learn. I want to do it the right way. I'm a good guy. The bad guys don't last too long. They come in for a money grab. They're in and out. And this industry, we we turn in the bad apples, you know, so I don't think that they even have to enforce it. So uh, but it is unfortunate for the people that do speak out against them. I don't know about you, but in my early career, um, I have a, a drawer full of complaints from DBPR against my license. I have a, um, a DFS complaint acting as a public adjuster without a license. I've got a bar complaint against me acting as an attorney without a license. All of it has been dismissed. And I was sued for two years for FDUPTA, uh, unfair deceptive trade practices from the insurance, all from the insurance companies. All these complaints were set by the insurance company over my my six, seven year career, uh, just starting out. And because they were scared because we were creating this unified voice and we were up in Tallahassee and I'm speaking against it. So 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 what does this insurance company do? They sue me. They for two and a half years, they called me fraud. Every time I filed a lawsuit for a fifteen hundred dollar invoice, they would put this 420 page uh, uh, complaint against me and it still didn't go anywhere. They dismissed their suit. I countersued them for another two years. And so all I can say is that I'm happy with the outcome of that. Um, but so, let me just tell you, they are evil. They'll try to put you out. So that's why I'm getting complaints now. <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the circle, man. It's because you of this stupid made show. You know you've made it once you get complaints on you from all different varieties. Like I've said, it's pretty good. I'm about to frame my bar complaint because uh, most lawyers are like, dude, that's awesome. How does a non-lawyer get a bar complaint? I don't know. But that's how serious they are um, when they uh, when you speak out uh, against them. And, and uh, so it's uh, it's unfortunate. Um, but I've grown, you know, some pretty thick skin over the years. Um, and I'll continue my fight and I'll continue being the head of RAF um, and continue to lead the fight as long as it takes.
Yeah, I tell my guys now, I'm like, guys, I'm sorry to tell you this. It's my fault, but we kind of have a target on our backs now because of the YouTube show and because of our events and stuff like that. And over the past year, this year, as I say, was like a little bit of a tipping point for us. Um, yeah, there's been a few. And I have to send them my file and we have to make sure everything, you know, we send them everything the way it's supposed to be, but, but that never happened to me. So, yeah, that's, uh, I guess, I guess, Hey, listen, if I'm going to get complaints, I'd rather get complaints from that side than the complaints from my fellow peers. You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. When there are always the insurance companies and these fake SIU units, if, um, and if, if you are listening to this and you're scared because somebody dropped off a business card at your office, that says SIU, it's a fake investigative unit. Um, led by just a unruly uh, insurance adjuster um, who made themselves a, a title and a business card to intimidate you. When I first started, that's why, you know, the addresses uh, on online that you find, some are real offices. My main office is not listed for that reason. I used to have SIU unit people, the, the, the fake units walk in and drop their cards and, and ask for files right now without even calling. I said, no, get out of here. So that that's not right. That's not legal. You don't have to. Um, so a lot of people are still getting intimidated uh, with that. So I, I can tell you from experience, it, it, it's fake. Don't worry about it. Just do everything right. That's, that's what I try to say is go to these go to these events um, where we teach you how to do uh, it the right way. Use the right contract. Say the right things. Don't do anything outside of your scope, stay in your lane and do it well. And uh, you use that advice and, and, and you'll continue to grow your business. And uh, even, even with all the daggers thrown at you by the insurance companies. Yeah. That's what I said in my, in my presentation at the event uh, last month, that's basically what I said. I said, the way we, the way we get around all this is just do your job, do your job and do your job. Right. Um, special, session special sessions coming up uh you mentioned before we started recording it's going to be uh in between december 12th and december 16th i think you've got uh a bit more information than i do on it let's uh let's let's talk about that sure all right so um so the raf um has had lobbying teams since 2014 um and that's how when we are doing our money raise and our membership drives it's to support our lobbying teams so we can have our ear on the ground to know what changes are coming up and now that we've gotten stronger, we've had influencing uh, or being able to influence the law, add the things that we want in there. You know, without us, we would have had one year to report uh, any storm instead of two years. We had to fight to get two years and then three years for supplemental. Um, and so uh, over the years, we've been able to uh, grow our lobbying team to add more to it and those types of things. So so we, we've had our ear to the ground for the, uh, for quite a while. And, and if you saw me on LinkedIn or whatever, every now and then when I get on, I blow up the insurance company. It's kind of fun. Make sure you go to American Disintegrities page and uh, you'll see me blowing them up all the time. Um, but um, anyways, but uh, they, um, what, the, what, what we've heard is December 12th, that Monday will start special session. We've only heard, um, of course, the governor's office is the one that's coming out of it, uh, uh, coming out with these things, just like last special session in May. All that writing came from the special uh, came from the governor's office. Uh, Senator Boyd, which we just heard from him yesterday via teleconference, who carried the last uh, bill and Senate Bill 76. He told us he hasn't heard on what's going to be on the bill. He said that they don't have an appetite to change AOB anymore. Like we've done enough to AOB, which thank God. Um, but he said that they're coming after what they call one-way attorney's fees. Um, and one-way attorney's fees, which we all know it's not one way, but when they changed it and made it to where over 50% as an attorney is where you can get um, uh, uh, fees paid by the other side. 
Well, if you get under 25%, 25 and 50%, you each bear your own cost. If you get under 25%, it's what they call a walk away um, to where there's no impose. It kind of protects the insured. Well, the insurance companies don't like that. So they want to remove that and say, well, if you get under 25%, homeowner, now you're exposed for the defense fees and costs. Um, so that will allow a penalty for the insured to file these frivolous lawsuits and therefore the lawsuits will drop. Um, that's one way of, uh, that I've heard of it. Um, they tried the binding arbitration um, uh, uh, talks and I hear those are fizzling out, which is great. We don't want to be in binding arbitration um, every time there's a fee dispute. That's, yeah, that's basically they're trying to take away the appraisal process completely and just sort of stick you in arbitration. Right, right. Where each right. party must bear their own fees and costs. You know, and you know, I mean, you're going to need it. You're going to need to hire an expert. You're going to have to hire an engineer. You're going to have to hire AQA to come out. Right. And it's not cheap. And so it, it's like it's going to then anybody that's filing a claim under twenty, thirty thousand dollars is just going to be like, why file it? You right. know what I mean? Just 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 take it in the forehead and go. And that's what the insurance companies want you to do. I'm worried they, about that one. That arbitration one I've been hearing about for the the past year, every time I go to appraisal, the appraiser and I and the umpire, we always get into this discussion where it seems to be that's what's where it's headed. Yeah, well, American Integrity is trying it out in their um, uh, in their policies, which I filed a suit. The RAF and AQA filed suit against American Integrity for that unfair, unconstitutional uh, denying access to courts, uh, due process violations that it puts in there when it says when you have a claim dispute, all disputes go to binding arbitration where each party must bear their own fees and costs. It's not right. So we have to protect that. We have to protect the uh, attorney's fees for homeowners so they can have access to the courts, period. Back back to the attorney fees, just for people to understand, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Richie, but that's basically the demand estimate that the attorney presents, or usually if we start, a public adjuster will, will present a demand estimate, ends up in litigation. The demand estimate that the uh, attorney presents to the insurance company and basically uses to negotiate a settlement, ultimately, if it gets less Less than if it's over 50%, it's status quo. Attorney fees gets paid by the insurance company. If it's under 50% um, or under 25%, you're telling me that they're trying to change it so that if it's under 25% of this of the total amount set of the settlement amount of the total amount of the estimate, then they're trying to put it on the homeowner to pay the attorney fees and costs of both sides or just theirs. That's right. That's right. So if it's, you're suing for a hundred dollars, if you don't get $251. Uh, in, in a settlement, uh, in, in a judgment. So if they take you to a summary judgment or uh, if they thousand. take you, yeah, let's, let's use a thousand dollars. Let's use a hundred dollars, whatever it is, but you have to get, yeah, yeah. The 250 out of a thousand. Yeah. So you have to get that one plus dollar on that. If not, then, and you lose in trial, let's say you lose on a technicality and get zero. Now what that does, it puts the homeowner on the hook. That's even worse. Let's say you go to a, a, a hearing and like I said, there's, there's some sort of technicality. Um, the homeowner now, especially if they go, go to a directed verdict, I mean, you know, they're, they're, it's going to push the homeowner and say, do you want to leave right now? Because your case right. is not looking so hot, you know, and, and it, you know, it's like nowadays when you get a PFS, now the insurance companies are hitting the, the insured with a proposal for settlement. It's the same thing, right? If you don't get, a, you know, more than a certain amount, then you owe their attorney's fees and costs. And so it is very scary um, in a way that to where if attorneys might not take a case unless it's slam dunk, you know, and you might not think that's that, that's a bad way to say it. But sometimes there there in many times we see homeowners with legitimate claims, but have a technicality that gets in their way. 
Those are the ones that they fight the most. I laugh all the time. I'll walk for years, for so long. I'll walk into a claim and I'll tell a client, this is a slam dunk. And then that's the one that ends up in litigation. Or I'll yes. walk into a house and I'll be like, you know, I just want to prepare you. You're probably going to end up in litigation. And then that's the one that gets paid. Right, right. I know. It's, ah. Uh. Yeah, what, you just what, never know. You, you never, never know. know. This is why we always train everybody, all our courses and in my team and everything like that. Like, you just got to prepare everything for litigation. Just prepare everything. Dot your I's, cross your T's. What else right. we got? Well, you know, and that and that's where the industry is going, right? I mean, it's good bringing everything to the attorney um, and letting the attorney work everything through. You Which, know, there's no offense know, this, to the attorneys, but that's a shame, too. Like, why are we doing that? Shame. Because it's just going to take so long. We all know, look, hey, look, attorneys, all my attorneys that I work with and all of you guys in the industry, I love you guys. I really do. Uh, we need you, right? Necessary evil. Yeah, <laughs> but, necessary evil. But look, as a public adjuster, I train every public adjuster. Like, don't be that public adjuster, or I'm sure you do the same. Don't be that water mitt company that just says, here you go, sign my documentation, litigation. Here you go, litigation, litigation. Right. Because that's just going to drag We don't get excited. No. I don't get excited about litigation. You know, I'm it, not it, doing it my job. Right, right. It, el so it elongates it, it and it increases all the, all the, all, you know, attorney fees, insurance companies have to pay more. Ultimately, we're doing a good service for the insurance company by actually working our file, putting it together correctly and trying to get it settled between, right. between us and not letting it drag out for more money, for more fees and for more time in litigation. Yep. No, I agree. Uh, where I was going with that is that they're trying to also get rid of what they call a direction of pay. Uh, that's been on the agenda, um, you know, in Tallahassee from the insurance companies for years, um, you know, almost making it like a Texas type of environment. Uh, the direction to pay is strong there, but they don't have an AOB and your direction to pay is too strong. They can make it look like an AOB and invalidate it. It's wild. So, but in Florida, they want to try to take that away because let's say we do work and it does go to litigation and there's several contractors on it, if all the contractors and the public adjuster, everybody has a separate direction to pay, then that makes the insurance company have to pay all the damages because there is there, there, there are payments that are owed, there are benefits to, to, to be paid, uh, very similar to a car accident, you know, in, in that way. But it's, it's, it's strange in the way that they want to kind of eliminate the, the payment directly to the contractor, meaning they want to pay everything to the homeowner. Um, and, and, and that's, that's, that's very scary in a way because most homeowners have never seen that kind of money before. Um, it's super and don't scary. Know what it it's very scary. When I was working the freeze in Texas and we had a, uh, you know, I went over there, a couple of water mitigation companies were referring me some work, their main, their thing where they told me, it's just like, Vince, I'm going to get you in here, but please make sure when they pay the water mitigation bill, we're going to do what we can on our end. Please make sure that we get paid because what happens is, and I would be lying if I told you I haven't made that mistake before where the water mitigation bill gets slipped into that estimate that's paid up by the insurance company. It's this small little line item. The insurance, the, the insured gets this check for $50,000. Ooh, yippee, $50,000 to do all the work. They don't see that line item in there for $8,000 that needs to be paid to the water mitigation company. And then it sucks because the homeowner probably wants to obviously pay that, but then we'll, you know, let's say you're going to call follow up a month later. Hey, did you receive that check? Yeah, I did. $50,000. It's great. Well, you owe me 8,000 in that 50. What do you mean? No, I don't. Well, look in your estimate. It's in there. And then it sucks for them. It's like for you to have to make that call. It sucks for them because they probably already hired a contractor and they already started the process. That's going to cost $50,000. They're not aware that now they technically have to now come out of pocket for the $8,000 fee that you have, yeah. where if they would have just had an AOB, they wouldn't have had to worry about it. They would have received $42,000. They would have been happy with their $42,000 to do the work and everybody would have been fine. All right. And that's the, and that's the power of the direction to pay. 
the water mitt would have been um, paid 42k would have been paid to the homeowner they know exactly what they uh what what they needed for the rebuild and so and and that's what it would turn into here uh especially with volume companies it would turn into you know which which we, we see you know because the volume we do is the high amount of uh, folks it takes in the background you know to collect that money you know it it's 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 insane um you know we've seen other companies in the industry now puff up because they do back you know uh, back-end collections it's a real thing man it takes a lot of work well i deal with it with flood now or for hurricane ian they don't they don't put the pa on the check they send it the, and they send the check directly to the homeowner and even with us i mean i'm holding their hand throughout the whole process but when that check comes in they're just like oh wait i owe you 10 percent, but but why you know right. what did you do or whatever it is it's like no no you owe me but they didn't put you on the check why would i owe you money right um, right and yeah, in today's current environment, especially on an AOB, we can say, listen, I mean, you have to re, you know, cancel that check and resend it, you know, and that's the power we want to be able to keep here in Florida. So it's, it's scary with that. Um, some of the things I've heard about public adjusters are just been hearsay, um, you know, is, is just like, you know, we want to limit door knocking uh, public adjusters to a 1% is, the first day or first week. To be clear, this is in the special session you're saying, right? In the special session. Correct. Yeah. What have you, what have you heard about public adjusters? So very minimal, um, but this is some of the water cooler talk. Um, who knows if anything's going to change or they're going to wait till regular session? I don't know. But they said that uh, they were talking about um, ideas of doing a uh, 1% on the first day to a certain period of days and then 2% and 3% as the days go further out um, and or limiting door knockers public adjusters to a certain smaller percentage, like say 5%. So, uh, so we've heard of these types of caps or just an overall, uh, uh, cap, but I've heard the step up more than once. Um, what is the, what is, I don't, interesting. I don't understand. What's the, what do you, the 1%, 2%, what is that? Um, now what they were unclear of, if they were going to go day one, 1%, day two, 2%, or week one, week two, week three, after a major storm to step up the percentages uh, because of the locust. Uh, so that's what I mean about that step up. And so as it gets further away, then you, you, you would be allowed up to uh, a 10% cap, uh, instead of one year after now you have 20%. Uh, you know, so they are, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I and also so, heard, I heard 5% that they want to, instead of the cap at 10, they want to drop it to five for the first year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we know we don't have that in commercial policies, uh, and, and uh, you know, you can still charge the rates. This is just talking about, um, Florida regulated HO3 policies. Um, so, but, um, but yeah, man, it's scary times we're in, uh, the next two years, uh, you know, we have, uh, the Senate president, Pasadomo, um, the only value we see in, um, uh, of her living in the Southwest area, her home was affected by hurricane Ian. And so, uh, a follow-up to see, uh, how the insurance companies are treating her, I, I, uh, uh, would be key. Um, and then we have uh, speaker of the house incoming, uh, representative Renner. Um, and so we know that they are both going to do whatever the governor wants to do. Uh, so we're just going to keep our ear to the ground, um, and, uh, just continuing to report what we do here. Um, and that's what we did here. Uh, we heard that they want penalties. The insurance companies want penalties. Uh, for insureds who file suit 
and they don't collect at least that 25%. Um, we've heard them wanting to step up um, and start with a 1% for public adjusters uh, up to a 5% or a 10% cap, depending on how far away, or maybe have certain restrictions on door knocking public adjusters after a storm. Um, so those are, those are some things that would just restrict um, being able to help a homeowner immediately. So remember guys, December 12th, December 16th, um, what's worst case scenario? What's, what's worst case in Richie's mind in two years? Um, worst case would be them removing full access to courts for homeowners, meaning they would just either institute a binding arbitration statewide or remove attorney fee privileges statewide. That's worst case scenario, you know, and, and that would only be that would not be good for the voters here in Florida. It wouldn't be good for uh, Governor DeSantis, you know, as he's looking to run for presidency in two years. So, um, you know, what we've heard initially is that um, he was going to offer tax savings. So for those that are affected in the 26 counties for Hurricane Ian, if you're not living in your home, your home's destroyed, then you should get a tax credit. You shouldn't have to pay your taxes, your property taxes, if your home's destroyed. I love that. So if he sticks to that, that would be fantastic. If he starts, you know, dipping his toe in these other things um, that would not allow insurance property rates to go down, then I, I, I don't know, it's just going to be a disaster. Um, what can, uh, what can we do? What can the consumer do? What can we do? What can I do? Uh, other public adjusters and other, what, what, what would you suggest that we, we try to do here before December 12th and 16th, maybe throughout that time, anything that you would suggest that you could try to rally the troops? Or pray. Uh, no, but, uh, you know, not only, uh, donate to our organization, you know, the voices that are doing something about it, every penny we use, um, uh, at the restoration association of Florida, hundred percent. Um, I was going to say a lot of my money I put into it. Uh, so we are not a for-profit company for sure. Um, but uh, go to our website, raflorida.org. Um, there are other um, organizations um, that have a voice for consumers like the Florida Justice Association. Uh, a lot of the attorneys are members of their trial attorney bar uh, that fights for consumers. Uh, but really, it's letting your um, the, the, the representative or the senator in your zone send them an email and tell them how important it is and say, I'm a business owner of, of, of 50 families. You know, and that speaks to them, you know, and say, I live in your zone. I'm worried about special session. I'm worried about taking away access to courts uh, for homeowners, consumers that need it. You know, um, this fake crisis you're hearing is, is, is not right. Taking away more rights for consumers is going to be hurtful, not helpful help. I mean, that's that's a lot of what we can do is be boisterous uh, in that and uh, send an email to your representative, uh, support industries or or voices like the Restoration Association of Florida and be involved. I know you guys have FAPIA, who has lobbyists and a voice there in the legislature is call them, ask them what they're doing. How can you be supportive as a public adjuster to make change? Uh, if you're worried about assignments and first party, you know, I mean, and, and our rights, I mean, donate to us. I mean, that's that's what we can do right now is just be be a part of it. Like Senator Farmer used to tell us when he'd come to our events, you say, if, if you're not at the table, you're on the table. Uh, so be involved um, and uh, don't just sit back and see what's going to happen, but be involved. I love it. I love it. Um, that was killer. That was awesome. Uh, Richie, I think you gave us a lot of information. I kind of just want to end it at that. I don't want to like, just, you know, no small talk, no need for it. I like, uh, I think people are now a lot more educated about the special session. And then after the special session, December, then in, in May is the normal yearly session, correct? 
Uh, April. Yeah. So we start in April and it goes for 60 days. So, um, so, and then the next year it starts in January and then April and then January and April. Uh, So that's the way they, they do it. So, but there are four committee weeks uh, before April, meaning that all of the, all of the uh, uh, senators and the um, uh, representative come to Tallahassee to start moving through bills. So the first committee week is December 12th, which they're using a special session. Now be on the lookout and Google search, Florida governor special session proclamation. As soon as it's released, it'll be released online. The proclamation outlines what he's going to do during special session. So once that comes out, we'll know what's going to happen. Um, and uh, and so he can actually file it the day before if he wants. Um, oh. And so we uh, he may keep it close to his chest until then. We don't know. Um, but um, we'll, we'll see in the upcoming uh, couple of days when that will be released. Richie, you mentioned RAFlorida.org. How else can people get in touch with you and really stay up to date with all these things? What would you say is the best way to to sort of follow you along? Because I know you're very active on social media. What's the best place to find you so that people can stay up to date on this stuff? Sure. So uh, we have a full-time person that does post on all social media. So find us on LinkedIn, find us on Facebook, go to our website and put in to be a part of our email. That's one way to do it. Uh, We also have a text blast that we send out for immediate information. Uh, um, but I would say be involved that way, go to our website, uh, sign up either as a member, members get first information uh, sent to them. Uh, and then after that, you'll, you'll, you can just subscribe to our email list and uh, we'll send emails that way. Best way to get a hold. Awesome. Of us. Awesome. Richie, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for bringing the heat right from the, <laughs> right from the get go. I love how we just got right into such, so, so much, uh, such important topics. Didn't waste any time. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're a busy person. Obviously, all of us are after this hurricane, but like you and me, we are so so involved on the back end with other things. And I know it's hard and uh, your time is precious. So thank you so much for taking the time, man. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. I'll see you soon. Yes, sir. See you soon.